all in all a career year for Kevin Fiala. We break down the numbers and give our letter grade for Kevin Fiala's 2021-2022 season today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, Minnesota Wild fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we hand out Kevin Fiala's letter grade for his 2021-2022 season, which featured career highs most across the board. And uh, we look at his 2021-2022 postseason, and we look at what is next for Kevin Fiala as uh, the Wild have him on the block. That seems to be the most likely situation for Fiala. So we look ahead at uh, what Fiala has in his future as well. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, and now at the helm of Lockdown Wild, guiding you through the offseason as we gear up for the draft and free agency with uh, a, a couple of rounds left in the, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we, of course, have the uh, Eastern Conference Final still going on, and then the Stanley Cup Final will follow. So uh, just finishing up the postseason, and then uh, everybody will be in full offseason mode. But uh, we continue to do so here on uh, Locked on Wild as we navigate the Dennis system, the 2.0 Dennis system here on Locked on Wild. We're evaluating Kevin Fiala's season today and the numbers in and of themselves before we dive into the performance. uh, Just so impressive. 85 points, played the entire 82-game season. 33 goals, 52 assists. He uh, was a plus 23 on the season, um, had uh, some great power play numbers, five power play goals, 12 power play assists. And uh, you look at his gradual year-by-year progression, um, up to every category pretty much uh, throughout the course of the year, and um, upped his time on ice to a uh, career-high 17 minutes, 38 seconds, And um, just a a sensational year for Fiala really became, you know, behind Kirill Kaprizov, the most reliable option for this team. And as Fiala has done throughout his uh, wild tenure, really seemed to turn it on as the season went along. You look at his uh, performance, you know, by month and um, started off, relatively slowly through the first 22 games of the season, had uh, 15 points. Then in December, five points in eight games. After that, he had um, 10-plus points in every month of the season, January, February, March, and April. 17 points in March, 24 points in April, including 10 goals in 16 games, and um, just so good at uh, home as well. Uh, had uh, 15 of those 33 goals at home, 43 points 
in 41 games at XL Energy Center. So any way you dice it up, it was a great season for Kevin Fiala and um, not only in the scoring perspective, but just in some of the other things that he was able to do uh, throughout the course of the year. For one, uh, being able to contribute to uh, both special teams units um, and went from just kind of the, the PP2 guy um, at the start of the year, got elevated to the top power play unit and uh, ended up playing some penalty kill minutes this season as well. Now, some of that due to injuries to uh, a lot of the guys that were on the top penalty kill unit, but still was put in those spots uh, because the uh, the coaching staff thought he could handle it. And early on, you know, we there are a lot of variables that I think factor into the uh, success for Fiala. Number one was uh, finding his consistent line mates in Freddie Goudreau and Matt Boldy. Goudreau was one of his line mates early on in the season, but um, just there was just a lot of roster juggling. Uh, early on in the year, you had um, Victor Rask on that line for portions of the season. You had uh, you had players hopping up and down in the lineup uh, because that that line just just was not really clicking early on in the season. Add Matt Boldy to the mix, put Goudreau as the center, and that line just takes off uh, down the uh, the stretch in the second half of the season, and so. Some of the slow start is, I think, attributed to Fiala just trying to do a little too much. And I don't I don't know if it's faults that lies with the player in situations like this where they don't have um, they don't have that complementary wing component on their line. And so they're having to try to kind of lead things on their own. And yes, putting Matt Boldy on that line really did help both players. Now, was that the sole reason that Fiala's numbers were as good as they were this year? No, but it it just it goes to show you how important it is to have somebody who can drive the play with you um, in order for uh, success to be achieved. So Fiala gets this. The slow start scoring-wise was uh, was still giving some good hustle and um, contributing in other ways despite not scoring early on. And then the scoring really just took off this year, and he was just sensational down the stretch. Um, now, there were some things that, uh, that happened throughout the year that um, got some attention. Obviously, the game in which he committed three consecutive penalties. I think that was against the Washington Capitals. Uh, committed three consecutive penalties on consecutive shifts and uh, ended up getting benched by Dean Evason. And uh, these two have some history, which is why I think Dean thought that that was the right route to go. And so you have Fiala getting benched. And he he get he gets it, hundred percent gets the reason that it occurred. Comes back later in that game and assists on the uh, the game tying goal, and then um, 
helps the Wild pick up a win in the shootout against Washington. And so learns at that point that he has to um, he has to be a little more disciplined with his play. And I think from that point on, we really saw um, that take off. And Fiala became you know, this, this more aggressive player, but a player who was able to do some other things than simply fly up and down the ice and score the puck. He, he seemed to play better defensively. He seemed to be able to help more on the penalty kill. And for a penalty kill unit that was as bad as it was for the Wild pretty much all season, became a guy who you look at the fact that um, teams were still scoring on the penalty kill. And so it skews the numbers at that point. It's hard to it's hard to point out good performances of a penalty kill if you're still giving up opponents' uh, power play goals. And so you look at Fiala's performances on the penalty kill, and he was doing some good things on the, uh, the Wilds' PK despite it collectively not being good. Got elevated to that top power play unit. And so not only did we see Fiala hit kind of his peak in terms of, of goals and points, but he also added these other elements to his game. And he's not going to be anybody that is like a lockdown defender in the NHL by any means, but he showed that there are cap- there's capabilities in his game to where he is not somebody that's going to be like an absolute liability out there. And he did all of this with his contract situation um, being looming over his head and um, the Wild putting him in a spot where they said, you know, we're, uh, we're going to go to arbitration. We're going to settle this. And then it's, it's on you to kind of show that, uh, that you're going to be worth the money, whether it be from us or from elsewhere. And Fiala just put all the chips in the table and uh, really called the, uh, the Wilds bluff. So pretty much any way you dice it up for Fiala, a, a fantastic season for him. I think one certainly worthy of an A. Um, there are some things to his game that uh, are going to need to be sorted out, that he is going to need to work on as he goes, and that led to his performance in the postseason kind of becoming a trend that carried over from last season. So you know, we, we talked about all the good, all the dynamic scoring that Fiala brings to the table. There are some other things that um, need to be addressed as well, and so we'll, uh, we'll take a look at that as we continue to evaluate Kevin Fiala's 2021-2022 season. More to come after this here on Locked on Wild. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? Just delicious. What if I told you you can have all of that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, turns out caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and you have to act fast if you are a fan favorite because they're going to go quickly. 
Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and just 4 grams of sugar. Think about what goes into your standard brownie compared to those numbers. And the best part is, well, just like other Built Bars, Caramel Brownie Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So you are getting that amazing taste. You don't have to sacrifice eating that delicious goodness for the sake of your health. So grab these while they last at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, and once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Uh, for your second listen today, make sure you're checking out the Lockdown NHL podcast. We are now down to the final three teams as the Edmonton Oilers uh, lost in heartbreaking fashion to the Colorado Avalanche to complete the sweep in the Western Conference Final. Eastern Conference Final still going on between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers, so make sure to check that out at the Locked On NHL podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. So once again this season, uh, we had uh, a very strong season for Kevin Fiala that then led to that not necessarily carrying over into the postseason. Uh, last year with the Vegas Golden Knights, had a goal and an assist in that seven-game series, but was mostly held in check. Um, This past year, no goals, three assists. The big number to take away, though, 16 penalty minutes. And this, I think, has been one of the things that people have the biggest issue with uh, surrounding Kevin Fiala is that he tends to take some bad penalties. And he did. During the uh, the St. Louis series, he had a couple of penalties where you know he got beat down the ice and uh, just tried to slow down whatever Blues player it ended up being. Uh, there were a couple of uh, there were a couple of high, uh, high sticking penalties too um, that were you know the the real big ones that people took issue with, and so I, I think. This speaks to kind of where Fiala is at um, with his game right now is that there is just, there's so much talent. There's so much potential. There's so much ability to be just this amazing dynamic scorer. And yet there are some areas that are going to need to be tweaked and fine-tuned as he continues to grow and mature. We, we got to keep in mind, too, that it, it seems like Fiala has been around forever, and he has, because he came into the league when he was um, 18 years old. He's been playing in the NHL for seven years already. And so, yes, you would like to see those penalty minutes come down, and uh, there is a tendency for him to commit turnovers that happen in in unfortunate uh, situations. And just by the fact that he is a player that handles the puck as much as he does, there are going to be turnovers that happen. It's it's like in any sport. If a player handles the puck a lot as one of your primary options, 
There are going to be good plays that happen. There are going to be bad plays that happen as well. Um, not to excuse it, but it would be no different than if Fiala handled the puck, say, 70% of what he currently does. Those turnovers would still happen. Um, you just have to try to minimize them and minimize the impact that they have on the game. And so he brings this just immaculate scoring touch and a guy who, when things matter the most, late in the regular season, can really carry you uh, to where you need to go. We kept track of the numbers throughout the season, and I think the final tally ended up being something like the Wild were 38 13 and 5 when Fiala recorded a single point uh, for the, the Wild. That carries weight because he is a guy that plays all the time. The only instances in which Fiala has missed games over the last couple of seasons were the suspension he took uh, against the Los Angeles Kings. That ended up being a three-game suspension. And so he missed those games. Beyond that, maybe a game here, maybe a game here. He, he is a guy that has developed into a reliable option because he's durable, because he plays all the time uh, compared to you know one of the other names that has been, I think, the preference in terms of a, uh, a trade ship being Matt Dumba because he does not have that same durability. And so you look at all these things, dynamic scoring, durability, and the ability to now impact the team on uh, multiple, not only as as one of their top scorers, but a guy who can give you some special teams minutes, some good special teams minutes as well. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like in the overall Kevin Fiala experience. That being said, you know, the penalties and the turnovers have come into play at bad times, and they, they certainly did against the St. Louis Blues. Now, Fiala is one of many players for the Wild that did not bring their A game to that series against the, uh, the St. Louis Blues. And I think even going further than that, Wild players hopefully are seeing in these these playoff games going on now is that you can bring your A game to a series. That's fine. That's not going to be enough. You have to elevate your play even above that uh, in order to be successful in the postseason. And so uh, Fiala over the, the last couple of postseasons, that has not been the case. You know, Beyond that, um, his postseason experience Really, the only year in which he has had, you know, extensive postseason experience was 2017-2018 with the Predators uh, when he played in 12 games. But even in that postseason, had three goals in those 12 games. He had uh, the series in 2019-2020 where he had three goals in the four games that the Wild played. So uh, there is potential for him to find that gear, find that gear that Kirill Kaprizov had um, against the Blues this year. And, you know, maybe in that case, then the the result is different than it was uh, against St. Louis. But 
a lot to like um, for Fiala, which is why we're going to give him an A for the season. I think that's a pretty easy grade to, to go with. We're going to give him an A, but there are areas that he can improve and continue to improve on, and some of it is some of it is just the mental aspect, the just where are you at in the game, understanding situations and you know just just better situational awareness you know some of those penalties where you are attempting to play a puck you end up hitting a player in the face with your stick some of that's just kind of situational awareness type things and so it's it's not necessarily anything that physically needs to be um tweaked it's just better kind of idea of your surroundings uh, while you're out there on the ice. So all of that factors into just this point where the Minnesota Wild are at right now uh, in which it seems like the most likely outcome for Fiala is a trade. It just it seems like that's kind of where things are at. So, you know we've talked about it all off season so far, all throughout the season. Uh, it just it seemed like that was the case. And so for Fiala, his future maybe not in Minnesota, but that doesn't mean that his that doesn't mean that his future isn't still a bright one in the NHL. The key is a question that uh, Bill Guerin, I think, is betting on the answer. The key for the wild is, is this year the best that? Kevin Fiala has to offer the wild gambling on this being that career season. And then the numbers start to kind of uh, trend back down. And uh, we'll talk about that. Plus we will uh, take a look at uh, some of the potential uh, outcomes that could be decided for Kevin Fiala. As we continue to recap Fiala's 2021, 2022 season today here on locked on wild. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. So it seems like Kevin Fiala is going to be traded. Bill Guerin has been hinting at that all season. But for Guerin, he is banking on this being kind of the best that, uh, that Fiala has to offer. Now, you, you look at the numbers, and it is a risky proposition because if I had it my way, it just it makes sense to just work a player like this into your core moving forward because if you're going to have tough decisions salary cap-wise, you're probably your odds of being a competitive team um, are going to go down. And so you may as well get a couple of players you can build around and start to just kind of jettison pieces as the decisions get more and more difficult. And if you're banking on this being kind of the, the best version of Kevin Fiala and that there's no way that he can um, continue to exceed it well I don't know if that's I don't know if that's going to be the case I mean if you look at Fiala's numbers um, ever since he came to the wild uh, 
they have continued to increase every season. Now, it looks weird because the Wild went from playing 64. uh, He went from playing 64 games in 2019-2020 to 50 to 82. If you take those numbers and stretch them out to an 82-game season, that's where you get everything continuing to move in a uh, in an upward direction and you know age 25 right now he is just entering what would be considered to be the prime of his career so you factor in that he's in the prime of his career right now let's just say even if he did stay with the Minnesota Wilds you're going to have a full season with Matt Boldy. You're going to have a full season with Freddie Goudreau if Goudreau is still the route that you want to go as the center for that line. You're going to be incorporating Marco Rossi into the equation. And if you decide that Freddie Goudreau is not, you know, it may not be the like long-term center for, uh, for that line, you put Marco Rossi there, and that combination could work out even better than what you had with Boldy, Fiala, and Goudreau, which was one of the best lines in hockey the second half of the season. So you're getting a full season of that, and you are getting a player now who is going to be tasked with trying to take a step up from uh, what he did this season. We we looked at the numbers if you would have had those three on the same line for an entire season, and Fiala was a 40-goal, 100-point player with those guys. Now, some of that's due to them being his line mates, but a lot of that due to Fiala being a good player. And so the notion that... You know, you, you got this career year from Kevin Fiala and he's never going to be able to repeat it. He very well could end up doing that. But in the art of the deal, um, general managers all the time have players that get to this point not likely that they're going to resign. I mean, Minnesota Wild have done that a couple of times in their franchise's history already. Uh, most notably, Marion Gabrick. Not going to re-sign with the team. And so you end up having to um, try to cut bait and get what you can in return. The uh, The problem for the Wilds in this scenario is that their trade partners are going to want some assurances that Fiala will sign a long-term deal. Otherwise... Why would you give up a ton of prospects and assets to acquire a guy who's going to be an unrestricted free agent after the 2022-2023 season? It it doesn't make sense to, unless you know that he's going to sign there long-term. And so part of the situation is that the Wild are going to have to, they're going to have to contend with that. Um... But the other part of it, too, is that, you know, teams know that the the cap situation for the Wild isn't great. So how does that factor into the uh, 
how does that factor into the trade picture for Fiala? And again, I think it's been pretty well documented that uh, the preference of Lockdown Wild would be for him to stick around and continue to be part of what uh, what is being built and be kind of that second pillar of this franchise to Kirill Kaprizov. That's that's dynamic scoring right there. Those two, um, it's it it could give you something similar to what uh, McDavid and Drysidel have given Edmonton. Um, now, I, I don't think there's any question that uh, Drysidel and McDavid are the better players, but it's probably closer than a lot of people would think. So doing that is is a route that would give the Wild those two players and allow them to build around them uh, for the uh, the foreseeable future. But you know, the other side of this coin is that um, they've got a lot of their pieces locked in already, and so. This is an opportunity for the Wild to bring in some younger assets, maybe a, uh, a young center that can factor into the mix uh, for this team going forward. Um, and at the worst, you know, you get a, a high pick in this year's draft or you get a high pick in next year's draft, which is supposed to be very deep and very good. So while it would be nice to keep... Fiala around and to consider him a cornerstone of this franchise. It's it looks like the the writing's on the wall, and so we you know we enjoyed the uh, the Kevin Fiala um, experience here as uh, as a member of this uh, of this franchise, and no better way to uh, to finish it off than with a career season. Just try to knock those penalty minutes down a little bit going forward and Fiala will be fine. He's he's been a good player since he came into the league and you look back at that trade that uh, that brought him here uh sending Mikhail Granlin to the Predators and um I think that worked out very well for the uh the Minnesota Wild. So now the question is what do they get for him? And uh that will be a question that we attempt to answer next week what we're planning to do is to talk to some of the other lockdown hosts to see some of the assets that would be available uh, for Kevin Fiala, and then we'll see which one we like the best, and uh, we will move from there. So uh, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out again the Locked On NHL podcast to get caught up on everything going on throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, just like Locked on Wild. Make sure to subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also uh, follow us on social media so that you can stay up to date on all things Minnesota Wild throughout the offseason. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.